Rolling. like that we're rolling ladies and gentlemen boys and girls boy do we have an episode for you with our new and hopefully reoccurring guest dr chung but before we do that i want to tell a quick story i'm always looking at our stats at who our audience is across the world and i know specifically that i targeted audience members in the land of china but it doesn't say that we have any listeners from china it specifically says Taiwan, Mongolia, and recently, not that they're related, American Samoa and Norway. So hello to that a new audience. Oh, 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 I got you. All right. There we go. But things are happening all across the world. We've talked about China before in our El Tran Loco episode. And it's going to keep coming up, specifically Taiwan. And that's what we're going to do tonight. And we have a special guest here, Dr. Chung, all the way from Taiwan. Dr. Chung, welcome. Hi. <laughs> it's Dr. Chung's first time on the Catch the Sky podcast. And if you love what you hear, find us on social media. We're on all the platforms, right? Isn't that right, T? Mm-hmm. You can find us on Facebook or Instagram by searching for the Catch the Sky podcast. You may also find us on Twitter at CTS Terry at CTS Safe. Dr. Chung is not on social media. <laughs> so it's for reason. <laughs> yeah. So welcome, Dr. Chung. Please feel free to introduce yourself. Hi. Um, <laughs> Give us a little bit of your background here. My first time on a podcast, and I don't really listen to podcasts, but this one seems nice. And Me neither. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? I don't know what you're doing here, T. Your podcast abilities. Um, I... I actually didn't spend a lot of time in Taiwan growing up because my family betrayed me and decided to move to China when I was two. So I spent most of my childhoods um, thinking about joining the Communist Party. That was a joke. But <laughs> my mother was serious about it when I was five, though. She was like, the uniform would look so good on you. And, you know, red is your color, so you might as well go for it. But uh, we spent a lot of time in Shanghai. So we would only go back to Taiwan for vacation essentially like a little you know freedom and liberty vacation that kind of a thing yeah so you were educated in china yes i was yeah until high school i graduated early because i was tired of not being able to use instagram and youtube <laughs> i think we should all be tired of using instagram right now <laughs> right? Yeah, it's, it's, making me an, yeah, it's making me an anorexic <laughs> but you look great <laughs> right. Then, Dr. Jung, you came to the United States and you've been educated here since. That's correct. Since I was 17. Yeah. You've done some public policy work as well. So I had an opportunity to work with uh, one of our alumni at, at college. I went to school on the East Coast. It's a small liberal arts college called St. John's College. It's 
right across from the Naval Academy. And he works for a think tank in D.C. called the Hudson Institute. And they work a lot with um, China and India specifically. So I worked with him over the summer and we kind of delve into China. And he speaks Mandarin. So we had an opportunity to talk about a lot of issues that pertain to China and India, especially with TikTok at that time. So, yeah, TikTok's going to get discussed tonight. We're actually going to talk a lot of things, China, Taiwan, the relationship. There's been a lot of. News media reports, and that's what I think inspired this conversation tonight. Uh, militarily, it seems that China is, uh, and I guess for the archives, it is October 8th, 2021. 2021. The headlines this week, this week in the United States, the headlines said that the United States military is training uh, the Taiwanese military. And this was something that was not known to the American public, although Dr. Chung confirmed that this was something that was always known. Yeah. So here we are. China appears to be the new, I guess if we're, if we're, we're moving Russia, I guess we'll still keep Russia, but we we're currently leaving Afghanistan, leaving Iraq. Al Qaeda is no longer the threat, the axis of evil, Iran, maybe North Korea. I don't know, but U.S. military buildup with everything that's happening there that we're, we're selling submarines to the Australians and Obama, as he's leaving office, is building up the military in the Pacific. And there seems to be the battle. And then, then there were two, the United States and China. And that's where I think that's where I think the, the next Cold War is going or the World War Three. Everyone thinks it's going to involve China. And I think Taiwan will be a big part of that. Mm. And. For those listeners who don't know, Bill Clinton in 1996 sent a mighty U.S. military presence to the region, uh, to the the Strait of the Strait of Taiwan, South China Sea, South China Sea, and it was it was an it was just to let China know that that they should not be fucked with. It's a very small strait. I don't even think <laughs> it's a body of water. It's like. <laughs> like three feet or something probably yeah i was gonna say china's building islands all over the place so there's not going to be anything left it's going to connect it all that's how they're going to take over taiwan they're just going to build it they're going to build yeah a land bridge all the way over there and then just like yep it's connected now so you're you belong pangea motherfucker (laughs) (laughs) it's gonna absorb it that's how they're gonna do it that's funny so so it's common knowledge then in what both China and Taiwan that the US was was doing this? I think China has their own set of special spies that they have that they're called graduate students by the way. So they 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 have people come to the US pretend to be math and science engineers and then they spy using espionage and this is true on American government, especially the CIA, right? So it's like they're double tapping the CIA surveillance. Um, and I think that they they understood that Taiwan is always going to be a point of contention between the United States and China. Um, but I don't know what they think is going to happen. I think they keep sending, they keep threatening us by, you know, having their jets like lingering and looming over our airspace and just putting like, you know, just the tip into our airspace and then dipping out <laughs> when we find out or, 
you know, they would have their, we would have our sonar pick up their naval ships and then they would immediately duck under the radar. It's like they, they don't want to be found, but they also want to be found. And I think that's really fucking shady, but also really Chinese, right? At the same time. Hmm. You say that like it, it I guess, because I, I bet our listeners are probably completely oblivious because again, we're, we've focused so much energy on the Middle East, right? And so now China being this, so you're talking about espionage. This is something that is currently going on. So there are Chinese students being sent to the United States for the purposes of infiltrating this system. At the same time, China is, as of this week, they're consistently threatening Taiwan, invading their airspace. They had like this big nationalism day. I don't know. It's like they're, is it like their 4th of July? Is it equivalent? And then they decided to. It is like a 4th of July, but instead of having hot dogs and obesity, <laughs> they have big fucking guns and communism, which I, I do have to say, the Chinese diet is probably better for you. Mm. Like, if you are a peasant growing up in China and you have water buffaloes and rice, like, I feel like that diet is better for you than... But, you know, freedom and obesity comes at a price, right? So, I mean, there's just certain things about <laughs> uh, communism that I, I think is maybe admirable. Like, it requires discipline to be a communist. Like, no matter what kind of communist you are. But they're just very sneaky. And they actually recently have been, uh, according to SAFE, right, there's there's training with the United States and China, uh, and Taiwan but we've been trying to bulk up our military in the past couple of years because we're scared that one missile is going to destroy our entire country. Because we only have you know, like three, I don't know, 300 million people. Like that, that seems like a we lot. We can help you bulk up real quick. <laughs> <laughs> Send the corn our way. Don't right. give it to China. <laughs> that and McDonald's. We actually don't have that many mcdonald's well that's the problem that's the problem right there you want to bulk up we'll help you bulk up (laughs) they actually sell the kfc to china like if their impossible burger is made out of bok choy like that would i think to me that would make sense yeah they would just fucking eat bok choy (laughs) (laughs) why would they eat impossible burgers well i know that mcdonald's will cater their menu but yes yes so for a little bit of additional background when when did Taiwan most recently declare their independence from China? Well, we obviously know the answer, but our listeners don't, T, and so they think that's the question. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's this sneaky man, and he's actually just like Walt Disney, you know, uh, what is the word? Like, he's frozen? <laughs> the chirogenics? Like, he's Cryogenics. frozen. Cryogenics. Right. So there's this place where they bury his body, right? And we're talking about Mao, who's the only man on every single currency in China, which is a fun fact. I know that America, we like to diversify, and we're finally putting the first black woman on the $20 bill, maybe in the future. But Give me some Tubmans. Post-pod. Right? <laughs> the Tubs, some, right? Some Tubbies. <laughs> it's going to take a while, though. Biden can't speed it up. Trump slowed it down. Yeah, but I, I think that it's kind of a powerful move to have one man printed in you know six different colors, right? It's like... We have the hundred renminbi, and renminbi actually in Mandarin means the people's money. Okay. Fun fact. Okay. But it's ironic because nobody's fucking getting that money because everybody's <laughs> corrupt. So I don't should be called like the corruption money or something. But 
when Mao Zedong led a group of people in the 1940s, it's a little post-World War II, he fought um, with his army, People's Liberation Army, and they took over the nationalists and they basically kicked them out of China. And so... Is that uh, Shanghai Shek? Yeah, Shanghai Shek. Yeah, <laughs> Shanghai, Shanghai Shrek? Shanghai Shrek in new colors only. Uh, actually, it's, it's funny because Taiwanese people have mixed feelings about Shanghai Shek, which mm. is his real name if, for our listeners that didn't know that, uh, because he's supposedly a founder, but he's also very bit of an extremist in a lot of ways. So he's fiercely nationalistic and it's kind of like Ulysses S. Grant, if you think about it. He's very militaristic. He's very principled. And I think a lot of people found that to be calming in a time of war. But he's also, some people call him a coward because he fled to Taiwan, you know? And it just geographically, you know, China's a really big fucking place. And if you think about the geography, so it looks like a cock, right? Looks like a rooster. So when you travel from the belly of the cock all the way out to the Shanghai shore, which takes probably a week or two by their traveling standards, and then you have to get across a body of water, and you, you're not going to, you know, swim because it's going to take, you're going to get eaten by all sorts of sea creatures. Hmm. We probably have some Chinese sharks or something. Kraken. Right. Exactly. <laughs> so they, they fled on these ships that they had ready. Because somehow they knew that they were going to lose against Mao. And then Mao took over the entire country. And we all know what happened in the Great Leap Forward. And if we didn't know, you should you should find out what happened <laughs> in the Great Leap Forward. And let, let me say that leap was very great because a lot of people fucking died. Mm. So. Communism isn't. Communism always works on paper is what I understood. And it seems in this instance that that paper was enough to control Taiwan but Taiwan always had I always see like China and Taiwan's relationship is stepbrother stepsister maybe just maybe just brother sister relationship but like incest you yes know. we love incest on this podcast. it always comes back to brother sister <laughs> incest that's terrible but but for real though it is incestuous because it if you you know how I think especially white people are obsessed with uh, uh, what is it, 23 and me or ancestry, or they're like, my great grandmother is from Germany. Now I can claim, you know, my German ancestry, even though I'm like half Portuguese or some shit, right? Yeah. They love chasing yeah. their lineage. <laughs> and, you know, I was talking to my my mother about this, and she's like, well, we're fucking Chinese. There's, that, that's it. And I'm like, well, really? There's no Polish or, I don't know, Indian or whatever, something spicy. And she's like, no, you know, and, and I, th I don't just don't think that Chinese people as a nation, moved very much right unless you were not part of the han majority so there's different minority groups in china so unless you're you know uyghur or you're from or you're mongolian right like everybody else is pretty much from the same sort of region goddamn People, mongolians <laughs> Can, you know, they did a lot of it's damage. South Park reference. <laughs> I, I knew it was coming. <laughs> I, I want to yeah. know for the listeners, though, the Han majority feel they are superior to the rest of the ethnic groups in China? I mean, I think they do just because they're more numerous. But if you see any Asian models that are vaguely Chinese looking, mm. they're usually Uyghurs. Like they're very 
beautiful women that come out of like the western part of china and i think it's because they're closer to russia and like mm. all the stands than they are to china and korea and japan so they just look more exotic if the that's stands so the kazakhstan <laughs> uzbekistan, uzbekistan yeah uzbekistan fucked us on sports either way no so the the chinese we chinese muslims uyghurs uh, i've heard it enunciated uyghurs and these people are being forced into concentration camps. The Mike Pompeo Trump administration called China out for this. Joe Biden's administration has kept the same exact policies on China, has not changed one thing since Donald Trump has left office. And that's problematic. I, I, people are being incarcerated and they're being retrained for to, to love their country. Is this part of the... Re-educated. Re-educated. Yeah. So, like, let's say you, there are, I know in in Africa, the the continent, just to make things very clear, that Africa is a continent, not a country, kids. Just to make (laughs) things clear, I know Americans get very confused about this. Mm. They speak 200-something languages. In China, there's so many provinces. It, It doesn't equate to the same amount of languages, but there's so many regional differences that, when it comes to Uyghur Muslims, they they don't speak Mandarin at all. Mm. So the Chinese government, well, that, I guess it's unfair to call them that. The Communist Party specifically is being forced, or they, they're forcing the Uyghurs to speak Mandarin. So they're teaching them how to speak Mandarin. Right. They're teaching them how to love Mao, and they're reading the Little Red Book, and they are dancing for government officials, and that's the re- education process. And if they could... They're trying to do this to Taiwan. And is Taiwan resisting? I think it's easier geographically to resist China because we are an island. But, I mean, to be honest with you, I think it's the same Hong Kong argument that people have been having for decades, right? It's like, Mm. if Hong Kong were not connected to China, then would they have a bigger chance of being more independent because they have their own currencies, mm-hmm. right? It's not like they use Chinese renminbi, right? So I think that Taiwan is unique in that it it has an ability to have a self-elected government. We have our own president. It's the first female president, which is very impressive for us. Mm-hmm. And we also legalized gay marriage a couple of years ago, which is huge for us as well because being gay is kind of taboo in a lot of Asian cultures, so that was cool. Okay. Yeah. Look at how well that movement's going. <laughs> <laughs> the closer on Netflix. If you think if you're offended by the closer on Netflix, you have never seen the Chappelle show. Oh, yeah, boy. And I wouldn't recommend it for you. <laughs> if you think the closer is offensive, wait till you see the Chappelle show. It's also in black and white. <laughs> wow. What is wrong with you people? Okay. I, Taiwan has their own currency. They have their own flag. Just uh, they have their speaking, own government. Speaking of Norway earlier yes, and yes, currency yes. now, <laughs> they and it's going to not be another Camber Energy plug. No, they put <laughs> they put fish on their currency and lighthouses and all sorts of wacky shit. I think there's some people on some of them, but that's what we should do. Who's we should just put like an elk on like the hundred. But when the Canadians be upset. No, fuck them. They've got, they've got, they've got like birds. They got, got moose and uh, Mike Myers. 
Celine you got Dion. <laughs> and, and Justin Bieber, lest we forget. <laughs> they should put a beaver on there. That would be perfect. We actually have animals on our currency, too. So mm. it's not just people. We have a, an entire children's baseball team because we, we love baseball in Taiwan because Ooh. of the Americans and the Japanese. And then we have not just deer, which is a very rare kind of Taiwanese deer, but also pheasants, not the people. The animal pheasants, and and we also have mountain ranges on our currency as well. So it's not just this is a beautiful national park right in the middle. Yes, and actually, you need to you only can go if you get selected for a lottery, and I haven't been selected yet, and it's very frustrating. It's like the wave. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, which is which is near Kanab, Utah. Oh. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> Which is where T and I will be venturing out to. But by the time you have listened to this, we have already come back. But either way. <laughs> right. Hello, can I have Utah? <laughs> <laughs> Preview. So I, you, you glossed on something there, which I think is, is important. You have a Chinese baseball team on your currency because you love baseball because of the influence of the Japanese. Because for those listeners who don't know, Japan colonized Taiwan for a period before, during World War II. And prior yeah and prior so it's okay it's complicated the hell's um, going on over there <laughs> so it's funny because everybody loves japan right they're like oh sushi kawaii girls and mm-hmm. a lot of japanese porn because that's what all japanese women want they want to get ramen they want to be submissive right ramen noodles and and blurred out genitals are why i love japan you can't even see any of the genitals. Like, what is the point? Uh, anyways, so I mean, you first, could find the unsettled. First time I hooked up with an Asian girl and her genitals weren't blurred. I, <laughs> I was so shocked. <laughs> so as soon as you saw them, they became blurred. <laughs> Every time I've watched porn. So for those who don't understand the reference, when I watch Asian porn specifically, the genitals are always blurred out. And I don't know why that is. Do you know why? It's because they it's a preview so they don't want you to watch the free version. They want you to buy it. So there's a special section. And they have them in America, too, when you still had DVD stores. Mm. But in Asia, that's still a really big thing. You would go into a DVD store, go into the 18-plus section, and then you would buy uncensored Japanese porn. Because porn industry in Taiwan is not really a thing. We mostly have prostitutes, which kind of took over the market. And so people would just watch Japanese porn instead. Mm. Yeah, this just reminds me of when I was in Europe and they had all the all the there they had the preview channels at the hotel. So yeah. like yeah, we're yeah, sitting yeah. in there and I'm and I'm shacked up and like we're 13 and like I got this one roommate that just was, all he did all night was just flip through like the preview channels because you would only get like a, a minute or two on each yeah, channel sure. and then you'd have to go back to like another <laughs> channel. But there was like six channels, so he would just flip through and by the time that he was done, like the the original one's timer would almost be up and he'd just run it back. Mm-hmm. Like this fucking madness. But then like the, the, the sex line commercials, just all the women are naked. And I remember this, just one woman, her just massive implants. Just, it was just sure. enormous. She it had just, balloons. Yeah. Yeah. It was craziness. <laughs> I was just like, this is fucking out of control. Right. Just took me back. So there's, I just love different countries <laughs> and what we, they, how they, how they presented this stuff. This is also like, pre everything being so accessible on the internet yes, right yes we had to work really hard 
So I guess in, and so, so I, that's why I was fine with him flipping the channels. I'm like, you want to run your finger like that? That's that's fine. Free porn for everybody. But it's either so the the influence of the Japanese on Taiwanese porn, prostitutes, just the influence as a whole, just seems to be prevalent. Yeah. Okay. So I, maybe I shouldn't gloss over the the entire history that we have. So <laughs> Taiwan. Have I was gonna say there's there's a history. Are there here comfort about. women here too as well, like Korea? Or we didn't get there because Taiwan wasn't really a country by the time the comfort women rolled around. So it was mostly Chinese women, okay. Korean women, and Japanese women that were getting subjugated to be comfort women for the Japanese army. So they would use their own women and abuse them mm. for the sake of nationalism and glory, which I think we... Patriarchy. Right. But if you remember World War II and the way the Japanese fought and the kamikaze pilots and the island hopping and all of that kind of crazy nationalism talk, right? That that mentality is, is very much prevalent even before... World War II, like World War II was the stage for Japan to shine, right? That was one of the biggest and first Asian powers to be mobilized in such a way. But mm -hmm. they had the same kind of nationalism and pride ever since they were samurais in the feudal system in Japan. Mm -hmm. So when they had an opportunity, so the Americans, you know, funnily enough, right, this comes full circle, right? You love Japan, but you also really like opening up other people's countries. So when Japan was still a feudal system under the Meiji Restoration, they were like, fuck no, we don't want any visitors. It's like what happened in the Tokyo Olympics. They're like, fuck no, we don't want any visitors, <laughs> right? They're like, we don't want anybody to come into my country and tell me what my religion is. So all the Dutch missionaries back in the day all got murdered because they were spreading Christianity and the Japanese were like, fuck this. We don't want one God. We want, you know, 25. Mm -hmm. But anyways, so MacArthur, General MacArthur came over and was like, fuck you, Japan. We're going to trade. We're going to trade with you whether or not you liked it. And that was kind of the start of the Western world meeting up with Japan for the first time. Right. And so after that, Japan was hooked. They're like, we're going to have American soldiers on our land. We're going to eat fucking KFC for Christmas, by the way. That's a thing. Okay. They specially order KFC six months in advance so they could eat it for Christmas and New Year's Day. Yeah, Isn't I was going to say, insane? I thought it was New Year's. Yeah, New Year's Day <laughs> was like the specific. Yeah, yeah. and I knew that. It's, it gets sold out. Mm -hmm. KFC everywhere gets sold out on New Year's Eve. It's just a, a thing they do. I also wanted to add while we're at this, Matthew C. Perry. He's the brother of Oliver Hazard Perry, who is the, the commander that fought back the British in the War of 1812 in Erie, in Pennsylvania. So his brother was part of this um, this process of the op opening Japan to the West. And it was through this this process, they they got introduced to the, like, the baths that they have over there, the mm -hmm. saunas and stuff that they have. But they were co-ed at the time. But that wasn't, like, appropriate for the Europeans or whatever. And so they, they started splitting the bathrooms. They're not the, co-ed anymore. Yeah. They're not. Yeah. They the took all the fun out of it. Yeah. I love bastards. All right. So, right. Uh, Dr. So, so leave it to somebody involved in Erie to fuck up Japanese bathhouses for all of us. <laughs> right. Thank you, Erie. You've been fucking it up since 1812. And that's the little monolith out there near. Uh, save, yeah, yeah, yeah. Save the ship. Yeah. 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 
Yeah, don't yeah. give up the ship. Don't that's, give up the ship. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that's Oliver Hazard Perry. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. So it was his brother, yeah, that was part of that uh, oh, visiting. The yeah. brothers, the Perry yeah. brothers, got yeah. you. Yeah, yeah the got Perry the brothers. Wrong, but yeah, <laughs> the general sentiment is there, right? So. Yeah. Sorry to interrupt, but no, I just thought no, it was my one was... little. My one little fun fact that I had. I didn't know we were going to, to Japanese westernization, but once it came up, I was like, I know something. But we do love Japan, even though we, we have this brutal war with them. And I think we like them because they're a they're they're similar to the United States in that they want to they colonize They're a hegemonic power. And we love that. I don't I don't know what it is. We have this great relationship with Japan now as a result of it. And they're our number two. They're a very important ally there. They're so they're so polite. They, uh, my grandfather always tells this joke that every time he goes to Japan, he gets a backache because he's constantly bowing to people, and he says he never bows to anybody. But whenever he goes to Japan, he always just forty five degrees all day long, and and it's just this kind of phenomena that only exists in you know if you pray to Allah and if you go to Japan, right? Like there's no other circumstances in which a person has to incline this much. But I think another reason why Americans love Japan, not only because they're, I guess, imperialists. Uh, That's the word. Is that the word you were looking yeah, yeah, for? Yeah. yeah. We love imperialists. Because we are imperials. They're like us. They, 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 and then so China has never. Yes, ask the Virgin Islands. And what'd you say? The fucking U.S. Samoa. <laughs> 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 yeah. So because we China, I don't I can't say definitively, mm. but I will ask Dr. Chung as you are a resident expert now. China doesn't just go out and invade other countries. I don't I don't think they've done that. They they invade in a different way like through the the Silk Road and Silk Road initiative. <laughs> the Silk Road initiative. Maybe you should uh, tell Chairman Xi to change the name. Um so I think it's funny because as the Europeans did to inject opium and quartered Shanghai and divided the country into multiple pieces, right? Just a quick history, right? So the opium wars, right? They, they injected opium into the Chinese market to get them hooked. And then that's the reason why now a lot of Chinese people smoke cigarettes because instead of having opium they have access to cigarettes huge tobacco market right and so that's also the reason why if you go to like the louvre or like other places like the netherlands and you see these beautiful Qing and ming dynasty faces they fucking took them from china and they're like ah yes this is so beautiful oh whatever and i'm like your fucking ancestors raped chinese women to get those how mm -hmm. does that make you fucking feel indiana right? jones is so cool though but really he's just going around raping culture I mean, maybe it's Harrison simplifying Ford, a little bit of Indiana Joe's, but there is that spirit there, right? Like the pioneer, like the man who's going to go out and explore new lands. Like there, there's that one film when he goes to Egypt and he opens up the tomb and there's this, it's like a, it's a metaphor for invaders mm -hmm. and, and imperialists. I just like that he has a he has an Asian sidekick, the little kid. I don't know it's, not, it's data short from round. The, short round data from the Goonies, really. <laughs> <laughs> and I love data Dr. from the Dr. Jones, Dr. Jones. Yes. <laughs> is he Chinese or is he Japanese? I thought he was Japanese. But I don't know. Uh, that's I'm worth a to Google. Do some, yeah, no. <laughs> that's for sure. So that we was in the Temple of Doom. 
Oh, okay. The yeah. second movie. Okay, that's important to note. That's the but one anyways, India. So the Silk Road, though, he is Japanese. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. Okay. But he's his name is Wan Wan Lee or Wan Lee. That seems Chinese to me. Yeah. But I mean, I don't know, man. So again, you got you got Chinese actors playing Japanese people. What the hell? What's going on here? Oh, okay. So I, I remember what I was talking about with Africa, right? So so China, instead of going to invade other countries or intercept in a very democratic way, I'm sorry, it was, it's a dig of the U.S.'s intervention in Iraq and Vietnam, which is something we can talk about later. Sure. No, they, they think that America's way of winning the world game is 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 introducing and spreading democracy around it's the, the world, Marshall right? Plan. Yeah, re- rebooted. So, mm-hmm. but then there's there's other countries that think you know just invading is is the way to win, collect land. This is obviously what Genghis Khan and Alexander the Great and what Hitler was attempting to do. Sure, but Genghis Khan's fast- a motherfucking G, though, bro. Oh yeah, oh, I know. <laughs> but then we fast forward. We fast forward to 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 now, and China is is i think you were about to tell us what they're doing in africa so it's called the belt and road initiative and i think the reason why it's called that is because they're trying to build infrastructure in african nations so they would buy up these countries debt they would promise them that they were going to build infrastructure and then when these countries are so heavily indebted to china they would be like sorry bro if you don't pay us money we're not going to fucking build your roads so it's extortion, but done with the guise of humanitarian aid, right? Time and that's out. what, yes. That debt that they're paying off, mm-hmm. isn't that debt at the hands of the World Bank and the IMF as mm-hmm. a result of European and American investment? Yeah. Okay. So all, right. all, all circles back. To, <laughs> China's also buying America's debt, right? I, They've been doing that but for I, years. But I do, because I, I, you say that like it's because it, it's like we were we were robbing these Africans blind. And then the Chinese come in there and say, hey, we'll pay off the debt that these Europeans and Americans saddled you with for the purposes of taking advantage of you. So we're screwing them first. Now China's coming in and it's a little, it's a nicer approach. Sure. Because at least they're they're giving them something to somewhat maybe use, right? With this infrastructure. They're, I guess, examples that I've heard. They've they've really expanded the flower market in Ethiopia as an example. But like you said, they're building infrastructure. F L O U R or F L O W E R. Flowers like roses and oh, yes, gotcha. yes. I yeah, was those, like, those are there more, more bakers? And uh, no, Ethiopia is big in the flower trade, and but okay. but that's a large result gotcha. to again the the Belt and Road initiatives, right? And so they've they have gone into countries in Africa, in the continent of Africa, and said, hey, mm. we will work with you. Uh, but they they segregated, as I understand. They don't allow the Chinese workers. So they, they use like all Chinese workers, as I understand. They go in there. Yes. And they won't interact with the people. Uh, no. I understand they're incredibly racist. They are incredibly racist. Or just. They're, they're incredibly uh, unwilling <laughs> so what, to engage. Like a, so what? Right? They, they build like a like a rail line and then there's 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 no like a. Like the Chinese get to sit in the front car. Is that what the deal is? Is that what the fucking? No, they just, they fucking leave after they build. Cause they're like, fuck Africa. I'm not going to stay here. I'm going to take my Chinese workers, build all of these things for you. And then I'm going to leave the country. So doesn't that at least benefit the people that it 
is left behind too, though. Yeah, now but you're not have- mobilizing any domestic workforce. So all of these poor African nations are not getting any local economy. Right. Like you're not using any workers that are local. Right, right, right. No, I understand them not getting the, the revenue, but. And maybe the know how too. Right. Yeah. yeah. There's, there's, there's a lot being left on the table. Right. But mm-hmm. now at least they've got some fucking some paved they roads, some roads. Right? They have roads and maybe a Isn't cell that, phone tower. Isn't that better than not <laughs> having roads? Isn't that the same justification that you can make when the British went into India and build railroads for them, too? Yeah. And one hell of an education system. Right? Sure. <laughs> right. Obviously, the the whole garbage situation in India is left for questioning. I don't know what the British were doing there. They they couldn't figure out how to show what a waste container looks like and how to throw trash in that container. Are you sure the British <laughs> knew how to throw trash? Because I'm pretty sure they didn't figure it out until like the late 20s, maybe. <laughs> After a plague or two. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely cholera. Yeah. They aren't very clean people, are they? They were throwing shit out the windows for a really long time. And you had to duck. That was like a thing. <laughs> it was like a special alley where you had to duck shit. Because you would get shit on your face if you didn't duck. It's probably over on the Man United side of town. <laughs> okay. Well, there's like an unfair poke there. But, <laughs> so but doc- I think you're right, though, right? That there's this idea that... We were competing against China, we being the United States, and we're trying to have humanitarian aid Mm -hmm. and, you know, but I just, there's this kind of white man complex that Europeans and Americans have always had where you go into African nations and you say, oh, we're trying to educate the Africans because they need our help, Mm -hmm. right? And Mm -hmm. I think China's doing exactly the same thing, except they're just not white. Well, yeah, except the difference is there's actually a tangible effect. Like I said, there's they have a road now. Sure. We're going in there and beating off and, and it's the same as fucking <laughs> over in I, Iraq and okay. Afghanistan. What are we do what are we're, we doing? We're willing, we're willing to build your road. No, like, we're Bech- not even willing well, to no, build no, the and, fucking and, road though. Bechtel is. Bechtel built some great roads in Iraq. They just blow them up again so they can rebuild them. <laughs> and we just keep repeating that process, like funneling, funneling yes. billions there. It's, so I, I think that's the thing. Maybe the difference. Americans are we're perfectly willing. We're just we're also willing to blow your shit up simultaneously. Yeah. So can we just not? Can can we not do that? I would. Does China do that? I don't think China's. They're yeah, not, because they're not does, call, they're not colonizers in the same way that America. Or well, European yeah, because powers. that doesn't make sense to or keep Japan. blowing shit up. Right. Because they're not. They they're they're a little bit smarter about how they spend their money. But now that they're like, like we, we're going to have the bullets for when we really need is them. Is that changing, though? And are they now threatening Taiwan specific, which is kind of why we're now they're threatening militarily. And you kind of wonder, would China go to war for Taiwan and would the United States back up Taiwan? And I got a quick question. <laughs> I saw somewhere the other day that North Korea has a fuck ton of submarines. Is that accurate? Like a lot. It wouldn't surprise they me. They keep buying them from other nations. Yeah. Like, yeah. They, like they it's have like a collector's item, right? Yeah. Like they have like <laughs> way more than you would expect. Like, I think they might be second to the US. It's not the same place you learned about Zoom ownership, is it? No. <laughs> fucking. It's, it's headquartered in San Jose, but they hired tons of Chinese engineers to build that shit. 
And they worked in China. Well, Americans don't want to learn math, so we need engineers from other countries, especially India. But they know? worked. In math is hard. Art, so they worked in China, though. So is there? Is there? What are you doing with your degree? Are you concerned? <laughs> are you concerned at all that there would be? This is similar to like TikTok. I think you mentioned earlier, and that we get yeah. into that. So let's we let's get, get into that. This. These are Chinese. So many things to get into. Companies. <laughs> these are companies that are being built in China or headquartered in China that are, we're just uploading all of this stuff to. We're inviting these. It's like the Amazon robot. You know, we're just letting it into our homes, into our lives. All those videos, all those pictures are on a fucking giant fucking network in some warehouse over in China. Just like all of our shit that's on Facebook is in some fucking warehouse, God knows where, in Nevada or some so they, shit. They China apparently owns our debt, also our data, and well, we own some of our data <laughs> too. But it's just like all the TikTok shit. Anything that's on TikTok is is simultaneously there's a copy going there, right? So currently, mm. just so everybody knows, the Trump administration tried to get the American version of TikTok to be controlled by American companies. That never happened. So as of the recording of this podcast, China still owns t- it. It is the Chinese. I would I would argue the Chinese government and or military owns TikTok and they are using their data, the data that they're getting from America as they see fit and often are using that these algorithms and these these videos mm-hmm. to infiltrate our our to to. To send us down a video reel of drugs and violence. And it's a dark, dark place. And a lot of people are, there's a psychology system to this. And young people are being adversely affected as a result. And parents, they're doing the same damn thing. And nobody seems to be... Nobody's putting down the phone anytime soon. Nobody seems to notice. <laughs> Nobody seems we to don't, care. Whether it's Facebook or Instagram screwing us. Because that's also been revealed this week that... The face Facebook knew, but it's USA, right? And so USA, we USA, it's Zuckerberg. It's right? okay to get <laughs> fucked by the white man, right? At least Blumenthal is is chairing the committee. <laughs> He's it's, but I don't. They okay. made him look like an asshole in that one in that one video, and he wasn't an he. The whole Finsta thing is bullshit because he didn't know what he was talking about. But I guess this is so we're we're, we're in a cyber war, and then I and I want to come whether or not. If, if, to me, China doesn't, they're not going to physically fight. I don't think they will. But would they over Taiwan? They've got the numbers. That's the one thing that That's we've always thing. talked about. It's like China has the numbers. Like they don't want to physically fight. But if they did, like, wouldn't they just roll everybody? If it came down to that style, like if we're getting back to. You told me once that I could take tactics. on <laughs> three Chinese men simultaneously. I believe you could. Like, again, I don't, I think. In, in a physical, <laughs> if we're just getting into like a physical knock, like, you know, Royal Rumble style war, which is not how wars are fought. No, I know. You're right. Yeah. But it'd be fun. Just get a big ring. <laughs> just set it, just set it up believe, somewhere in the Middle East. I believe you would take at least three guys on at once. <laughs> I think you would be fine. But I've at the same time, I've met guys from China who are equally just as big physically and would definitely give you a run for your money. Yeah, you're gonna fuck me up. That was the other is the stereotype that they're all small and tiny. And and I remember I I volunteered at a hospital and 
uh, a baseball player. I mean, again, as a baseball player, but he was taken to the emergency room and I saw this man was massive and I didn't, they mean, I mean, Yao Ming was from China, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah. They're, they can be huge. So I, I think we've, we've gone somewhere else, but <laughs> <laughs> the main thing I think was, was would China invade Taiwan and are we going to fight back or should we? Mm. I mean, when you say fight, right? Like that is a very specific. We didn't do shit when Russia took right. Crimea, did we? And there was a whole Sanctions. thing with Ukraine, right? So we 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 stopped the sale of AK forty sevens, which was seen as a gun, a, some type of form of gun control. They invaded. <laughs> they invaded another country though, and just took a piece of it. Like that happened in our lifetime, like not sure, that long ago, sure. and nobody gives a fuck. Like I said, we, 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 economic sanctions were, were imposed and that's, I believe that would be, that would be the retaliation if China violently took Taiwan. Dr. Chung, do you think, do you think China would violently take Taiwan? Um, I think yes, but it, it really just depends on what kind of action that would look like right so there's so we are an island nation and by being an island nation it means we're surrounded by seafood but that also <laughs> means that we can have problems getting supplies into the country because it's not connected to any fresh body of water right so you china can place embargoes on our economy they can suck our workers dry and like there are so many different ways that they can cut us off right and, and we need we need chinese we need the chinese economy to kind of support the way we live right now because a lot of taiwanese people work in china because they believe that that's where the bigger job market is and, and it is true so we're, we're losing kind of domestic labor force already and it's not helping that a lot of Taiwanese people are coming to the states and they're like oh this place is fucking great there's ice cream on sale and you can drive on the right side of the road and mm. people don't give a shit and they can say whatever the fuck they want and they want to stay here. Mm -hmm. So it's, they want to make, they want to yeah. make semiconductors here specifically in Arizona. Yes. We are known for three things are us getting bullied by China, us getting confused with Thailand all the fucking time for mm. some reason mm. and us building semiconductors and hinges. We build a lot of hinges and doorknobs. Check your doorknobs, listeners. <laughs> See if they're made in Taiwan. They probably are. Make a if lot you of do, send us a picture and we'll send you a VCR. Yeah, <laughs> I want to see your knobs. <laughs> <laughs> I think that if China attacks Taiwan, then America will mobilize. If they are still the same democracy that I love... <laughs> from the moment I stepped in this country. But that will also result in World War Three, right? But not the same kind of war that we fought in World War Two. You know, we're not doing a lot of, you know, bayonet stabbing anymore. Mm -hmm. We're doing, we're, you know, we're mobilizing TikTok and surveilling American citizens. Like, I think that's they, the I think they were on to, like, the nuke by the time we got World War II. World War II. Yeah? Yeah. There was some bayonet stabbing maybe in Poland. Poland was <laughs> having a rough. They were they were a little back backwards at the beginning of that. But we've sure. always been a little backwards in Poland. 
Yeah. Yeah, because they were still fighting like on horseback and shit, like trying to go with at, at it with these tanks and it just wasn't happening. Yeah, the Russians had a lot of tanks in World War Two, And the machine gun was used in World War One. So like there's yeah. different innovations that, you know, but if you guys have ever read Sun Tzu's Art of War, and this is very Chinese, it's a very Chinese book. It talks about military strategies and it talks about the Chinese way of fighting, right? Bayonets. <laughs> More like waiting in the dark, waiting for some motherfucker to come upon you and then stab him in the throat, right? So it's like very strategic. There's a lot of things that Confucius had talked about that was incorporated in this book. And it's just, I really think that Chinese people will still fight the same way. They're very patient and they're very sneaky and they will stab you in the fucking back because they have the ability to do so. So... China will fight in a very different way than we've ever seen before if they ever were to mobilize. Well, yeah, it's smarter than all these fucking redcoats that were just marching out into a field and blasting each other like like there was some honor in that. <laughs> but we we read the art of war, our military, at least here in the United States, because yeah. I, I watched this exchange between Matt Gates of Florida when he was bitching and moaning about critical race theory because this is what we're doing in this country. How is he still in <laughs> office? Wasn't he He's fucking... He's a pedophile. Wasn't he, yeah, snorting <laughs> coke oh. out of fucking a 12-year-old's asshole or something? <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know about that. But I, but I, but I, but I do know that they're, they're, it's the viral video of the exchange. And again, it's, it's in the United States where we open ourselves up to multiple ideas. But I find our our conversation, at least in the United States, centers around World War II. We're too busy patting ourselves on the back over World War II. And that's all we seem to be doing in this country. Not recognizing that as an empire, we're not taking the steps necessary to put ourselves economically into a position to where we're, 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 we're free from interruptions. So you were talking about supply chain issues in Taiwan. And I think, again, if, if, if people were willing to pull our card and cut us off from oil and so forth, you know, or just take away our resources because we are reliant because it's easier to sully up someone else's backyard than our own backyard. And granted, we, we have a lot of resources here in our own country. We're just not willing to extract it because we, we like to have a clean environment, right? So we're much rather we'll go destroy Bangladesh instead or destroy China, which environmentally, I believe the United States has helped to contribute to. When I was in China, I couldn't even see the sky, especially in There's Shanghai. There's no sky in China. It is a black hole of pollution. So I, funnily enough, when I first moved to the United States and we had to do a, like a tuberculosis vaccine test and then like a bunch of other tests, because apparently TB is not a thing in, in the United States anymore, but it's still very much a thing in Taiwan. People still get TB all the time, even though it's not cold at all. Mm -hmm. But they were like, we need to do, you know, they were doing a bunch of health checkups and they're like, ah, oh, we might as well do like a full body checkup. And they scanned a photo of my lungs and did a lung biopsy. And they're like, ma'am, do you smoke? I was like, no. And they're like, you, well, from your lungs, it looks like you smoke like a pack a day for the last 10 years. And I'm like, that is because I grew up in China, ma'am. Yes. And she was, she was shocked. And it's, there was a reporter that did a documentary a couple of years ago that is now banned by the Chinese government. Mm. She dragged around this air filter around the city of Shanghai to show how much pollution she had collected through this machine. And it was, I don't know, like 
20 times, 100 times above what it's supposed to be. Because here in Arizona, it's usually around 30 to 50 AQI. Mm-hmm. And in China, it's usually 150 to 250 AQI on a normal day. So there's... China's willing to, to sacrifice the environment for a greater cause, which is a better economy, I suppose. That opens the door in my head. I just want to, Dr. Chung, get your take on coronavirus because I think our listeners are always thinking about coronavirus. So Wuhan and the origins of coronavirus are still now, I would say now more than I guess, the the Mm -hmm. Biden administration is probably pressed on this and that they've, and the World Health Organization, as far as the origins of the virus are still up in the air. Do you think... Do you think China would be capable of something like that, of, of, of fighting a biological war? I think it's hard to say because if we were to agree with the conspiracy theorists and the regular theorists that they they mobilized the coronavirus as some sort of bioweapon, then they were willing to kill so many Chinese citizens. So many. Well, it sounds like they are already willing to do that anyway, right? Yes, but not to the same scale, right? Like if we put Uyghurs in concentration camps, the whole point is not to murder them. The whole point is try to reform them. And however twisted that reformation is, that's not the... the oh, I was just talking from the air quality and everything oh, else. Well, I mean, that too, right? But, <laughs> but they're not trying to mass murder its citizens because if you don't have citizens, you can't have a country, right? And trying to... The communist government is still trying to make money off of its citizens, right? So it just, it doesn't seem economically sensible to kill so many people. And I mean, I just, you know, I, I don't really think that that's, that's just my take on the so situation. Gonna, yeah, this is your, 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 your take from living there. Yeah. You're not a gynecologist or something, are you? Or what's your <laughs> foot doctor, sir? Foot doctor, right. podiatrist, like, like Dr. Pepper, <laughs> just like Dr. Pepper. No period. <laughs> That's right. I, I signed, but I never put a period. <laughs> it's it's because here I think we are willing to use our, the state to kill our own people. We have no problem putting people in chokeholds or just shooting them. And it's caught on video and everybody still denies that it even occurs. But I guess in China, the police aren't going around shooting people. They're just. Maybe they are, but they're just not reporting it. Right. So well, just we're not as, reporting it here either. Right. <laughs> just as China, the Chinese no, government is falsifying data to the World Health Organization, which I do believe is true. Yeah. Right. And they're burning bodies and American, you know, heat sensor surveillance machines i don't know they're like jet whatever has picked up on heat sensors that they're burning mass graves Mm -hmm. right so there there's a lot of chinese people dying and recovering from the virus right but they also managed to really calm it down because it was a it's a mandate to quarantine to stay at home and if you leave your home somebody will know right so that really calmed things down right so i mean I don't know if it's true that they leaked this virus. I, I'm not willing to believe that it is. I think that's even ludicrous for, sure. for China, right? But they didn't handle the situation 
as well as they should have. And they shouldn't have lied about their data. But they've lied about so many things, right? So yeah. that's just kind of the take MO it, of the Chinese government. Take their data with a grain of salt. Their data is, yeah. They, they have funny math in China. Well, they have <laughs> our data, too. <laughs> They're so good at math, so it's so confusing. I, I feel this is going to be an ongoing discussion. I think we should do this. Well, as regularly as we can get you, Dr. Jung, and I, 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 but I hope we're not jeopardizing your safety because obviously if the Chinese government, well, they're, they're bound to hear this at some point. Sure. Because we'll, T is going to hashtag the shit out of this, <laughs> right? but, but won't, will you be in any danger? But they will, they kill you. Apparently they won't. They'll just try to pollute your lungs and maybe put you in some reconditioning Mao camp. I'm not Chinese. Um, and I Somebody haven't. might come in and ask whether she's actually a doctor or not. <laughs> right? That's, that's so, suspicious. So. <laughs> that's the first part. Right, right, right. When so I went back to China a couple of years ago, uh, after I graduated from high school, they had a new retina scan that they've never had before. So when you enter into the country, they scan your retina, they take your fingerprints. And if you refuse, they won't let you. Also, they refuse to let you in the country if you only write Taiwan. If you don't write China, Taiwan, they won't let you in the country. Mm -hmm. Right. So I haven't been back in a really long time. And it's mostly by choice because I just don't really believe in. I don't see a need to go back. So as long as I stay in Taiwan or stay here, hopefully, then I think it'll be fine. But, you know, we got to watch out for those graduate students, you know. <laughs> They're everywhere, especially at in, in Arizona. And on Tinder the, and on TikTok. And on Tinder. <laughs> exactly. Those graduate students on Tinder. Well, Dr. Chung, thank you for being so brave and sharing your knowledge, your wisdom, your research about a topic that we're not going to let go of here on the Catch the Sky podcast. So let's do this again. And keep trying to catch that sky, people. If you'd like to interact with us more, you may do so on Twitter at CTS Terry or at CTS Safe or on Instagram or Facebook, YouTube, or wherever you listen to podcasts by searching for the Catch the Sky podcast. Be sure to subscribe and share that shit. And like Safe said, until next week, keep trying to catch the sky. <laughs>